The day after the dreams disappeared, B. Grimspuddle sat in the eye socket of a dragon skull, draped in a cloak fringed with owl feathers. Her moss-green jumper had been patched so many times that it was nearly a different jumper altogether, and her boots were streaked with so many layers of mud it was hard to tell their original colour. Her tangled curls were pulled into a knot damp with more mist. Pip, a small owl who Bee belonged to, heart and soul, sat beside her. Beneath the skin of the moors below them, the bones of many ancient ones shaped the hills. In places, whole dragon skulls had unearthed from their graves and sat bleaching in the daylight, though the time of the great dragons had passed. The moors belonged more to the dead than the living, as most places do. This was Bee's favourite thinking spot. Tia Draper and her cronies wouldn't bother her up here. Other children were afraid of the dragon skulls. To Bee, they were friends. She didn't care that talking to bones and rocks and owls made her the subject of ridicule. They were better friends than humans. Dusk fell. Air rushed over Pip's wings as she swooped from her perch next to Bee, extending her talons. Bee tilted her face skyward to watch. If it were possible for thunder to be a hair colour, an eye colour, and a temperament, Bee Grimspuddle was a thunder child and as thunder-hearted as the moors she called home. I'll keep watch for peregrines, Pip, she called to the owl. The dark owl shape swooped towards her prey, and moments later, Pip returned to the dragon skull, carrying a limp vole in her talons. Bee lifted her gloved hand. The owl plunged out of the mist and landed on her mistress's knuckles, where she promptly gulped down her meal and grew sleepy, a tail still poking from her beak. You know you get too sleepy to fly if you're eating, said Bee. In response, Pip's eyes closed. The tail shortened an inch as she managed one more swallow before falling asleep on Bee's hand. Bee sighed, lifting the owl from her knuckles to her shoulder. She had found Pip as a baby, huddled beneath a particularly eccentric tower of rocks. She and her mother, Ula, surmised that the fledgling must have been swept across the moor in a storm. That was two years ago. Owl and girl had been inseparable ever since. Mist settled on her cheeks and in her eyelashes. Thunderheart Thor said that mischievous spirits haunted the moors when the mist thickened. But that was the least of Bee's concern. Every night, she and her mother would spend the time between the first and second sleeps discussing their dreams and all the characters who visited them. Bee then spent the second sleep returning to her dreams for new insights. But last night, they'd had nothing to say, no wisdom or comfort to gain, for her mother's dreams had gone missing last night too. Their sleep had been a blank. Bee pressed her face to Pip's feathers and breathed in her reassuring scent. She watched thunderclouds bruise the darkening sky above the moor. A strange, haphazard pile of rocks guarded the hill up ahead. This was the great tour of Thunderheart, shadowing the gorse, a towering, chaotic assembly of rocks with a jutting overhang near the bottom. 
Old stories claimed all sorts of things about how the Tors came to keep their watch over the moorland. Tales of devils and elves and fairies. In the daytime, Bee believed none of them. At night, she believed them all. And she saw them spring to life in her dreams. Or she usually did. Movement snagged the corner of Bee's eye. Just beyond the tour was the cottage where she lived with her mother, Ula. It sat alone on a ridge above the main settlement. A shape flickered across the ridge, moving towards her cottage. It paused, surged onwards, a black blot against the grey-green winter moors. Bee slithered out of the giant dragon's eye socket, thumped onto the ground and ran towards home.